Thanks, Daniel. Uh, my name is Ron Cool. I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside. And again, welcome to all of you and congratulations to those of you who had little ones baptized into the families. We're uh, just so glad to be able to celebrate that together with you and, and with all of us as God's people. I want to start this morning with uh, something that's probably one of those kind of Captain Obvious statements, but, but I think it's true and I want to start here of if we care about people, we want to help them, right? I, Obviously, duh, right? I mean, if I, if I care about somebody, if I care about, genuinely care about somebody and, and they're having a struggle or even if they need any kind of help, I want to help them. Certainly in, in times of crisis, right? If somebody's going through a crisis, imagine that your best friend, uh, house, his house burns down uh, to the ground. What are you going to do? You're going to go there. You're going to say, do you need to stay at our house? Do you need clothes? Do you need food? What do you, what do you need? You want to help them. You want to go and you want to do something. It's just kind of the way we're wired. I mean, to, to go out and to help somebody who's in need or somebody has a, a car accident, you might say, hey, do you want to use one of our cars? Is there something we can do there? Somebody has a, uh, an illness, a cancer in the family. You say, can I bring over meals? Can I watch the kids? What can I do? How can I help? If somebody's going through a crisis, if we care about that person, we want to help them. And even in the normal ups and downs of life, right? I mean, if, if somebody's going to have a, a joyful time, a wedding, you still might call them and say, hey, do you need help with anything? I know there's a lot of business to take care of, a lot of running around. Can I, can I run some errands for you? Can I do this for you? Can I do that for you? And, 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 and so we might have any of those things going on where, where if we care about people, what we want to do is we want to help them. We want to do something for them. But we often, when we feel that, when we experience that, when we think about that, we often find something kind of frustrating, and that is we often feel that there is really, on the big things, so little we can do. Uh, on those really huge things, there's so little we can do. When, when cancer cells are just ravaging through a body, and they're making their march, we can't stop those cancer cells. And sometimes the doctors can't either. When there's a relationship that, that's been hurting and, broken and, causing so, broken and causing so much pain for, for so many years, I can't just take away that pain. I just can't teach two people to like each other. I just can't fix that song. I, and, and, and it can feel like there's just so little I can do. When, when the, the waves of grief come crashing into somebody's life, I wish I could build a wall so high that it would keep those waves out, but I can't. I just can't. When somebody is struggling in seventh grade with having friends, I can't make them have friends. And, and so one of the feelings I've had to grow used to as a pastor is this feeling of saying there's just so little I can do. <laughs> there's just so little in the face of challenges, in the face of difficulties, in the face especially of the big issues, there's just so little I can do. And so I say what you so often say, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. But i got to confess something. I often, when I say that, I'm really thinking, I wish I could actually do something. But since I can't do anything, I guess I'll just pray. If we're honest, I think for many of us, that's kind of how we feel about prayer. We really uh, feel like when we're praying, we're really just not doing anything, okay? Whoop, hold on. There we are. We went all the way back to the beginning. We're going to not use this. All right? We really don't feel like prayer is doing anything. We don't feel like, like it's accomplishing anything. We feel like it's just kind of the last course. We say, I, I wish I could do something, but I can't, so I guess I will just pray. And what I want us to think about this morning is that this is a problem. 
Okay, what I want us to recognize this morning, that this is wrong. This has been, again, I'm confessing here that this is so often my attitude because so many of us are doers, so many of us are active, and so many of us want to actually literally physically do something. And and when you say, well, all I'm doing is praying, I'm not doing something. But what I want to have us think about this morning, what I want us to reflect on and, and try to change our attitudes about, and maybe some of you already got this, that's great, praise God for that. But what I've been challenging myself to think about all week, and it makes a difference, it really does, but to recognize that praying for someone really is doing something for someone. Prayer is action. Prayer is doing something, and prayer changes things. And again, that makes such a difference if we have this attitude. If we start to have that attitude, we will start to pray more. And we'll start to feel like it's okay just to do a prayer of just saying, God, help that person. I don't know what to do, but God, help that person. Praying is really doing something. And in order to show this, I want to take up, talk about a book in the Bible. i just show you one passage, but I want to start with something else. But, but, but in the book of James, those of you who are familiar with the Bible, um, you might know that the book of James is, is one that is full of action. James is the kind of guy who says, don't just talk. Don't just say, oh, the Lord bless you. James is like, do something, do something, get involved. Your faith has to take legs. Your faith has to do something. In chapter 2, 15 and 16, for example, he says this, Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, the Lord loves you, well-fed, the, the Lord loves you, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Right? So James is somebody who says, if all your faith is his words, it doesn't make any difference. You've got to do something. James wants action. And then he comes to chapter 5. And he doesn't change his tune, okay? James doesn't change his tune in chapter 5. He just calls us to a really important action that we don't think of as action. He says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Okay? Take that action. Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and to anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. James says, what what I want you to do here is to pray, and prayer is action. The prayer offered in, in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, verse 16, therefore, confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. For James, prayer is action. For James, prayer is really doing something, and I need that. And again, especially coming from James, who was out there saying, look, feed, clothe, do all this stuff. Get out there. Get your hands dirty as a follower of Jesus Christ. He's also passionate about saying, and be deeply involved in prayer. And, and, and so I want to pick up on just one part of this, and that is that James says, pray for each other. Pray for one another. We started last week to look at the, some of the one another's in Scripture, and we said that there are 59 different, uh, 37 different ones, but 59 times in the New Testament we're told, given instructions about how we're supposed to treat each other, love one another, serve one another, give to one another. We said there were 59 times that, that the New Testament talks about how we're supposed to treat each other in the body of Christ that God cares deeply about it. And we said that the major one, 13 times, is love. Love one another, love one another, love one another. And then we said that all the rest of these that we're going to look at unpack what love is. And I want to suggest that one of the first acts of love, one of the first things we do if we love one another, one of the first things we do if we love the people around us is we pray for one another. 
we pray for them. That's the first thing we might learn to do for them. Now, prayer is really big, and, and, and you can do long series on prayer. We're not going to. I'm just going to talk about it for a few minutes here this morning. And we're talking about a very specific kind of prayer here. We're talking about praying for one another. We're talking about praying for other members of the body of Christ. We're talking about praying for other members in our church, for the little babies who were just baptized, for the parents of those who were just baptized, for the grandparents. We're talking about praying for family members, but it's for one another. It's for other Christians. Now, obviously, we're not called to just pray for other Christians. Let me just show you real quick. Sometimes we pray for ourselves. Matthew 26, Jesus says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Sometimes we're called to pray for ourselves, pray that God will bless us, give us strength, give us uh, power to resist temptation. Sometimes we're called to pray for our enemies. Matthew 5, pray for those who persecute you. Pray for our enemies. Sometimes we're called to pray for those who don't know Jesus Christ. Brothers my, heart's, my, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them, for those who don't know Jesus, is that they may be saved. So we do pray for those who are not Christians. And in fact, in First in, in Timothy, Paul says, pray for everybody. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. And, and, and maybe especially for governments, for kings, and for all those in authority. Paul says, you know, you've got to pray for everybody. But he also says, in particular, pray for one another. Pray for one another. And, and, and as a body of Christ, as a family, we are, if we're going to learn to love each other, part of it is just going to be learning to pray for each other. So I want to think about that for just a few minutes here, and I want to ask two questions. Two questions. The first is, what do we pray for when we pray for one another? Okay? What are we asking God to do when we pray for one another? And then I want to ask that really important question of, does anything change when we pray for one another? And if so, what changes? What happens when we pray? But let's start with this one. What do we pray for when we pray for one another? And the first thing I want to say is, don't worry about a formula. Sometimes we get so caught up in things and we get so caught up in, in kind of saying, oh, well, I've got to make sure I pray for the right things. I, I think the, 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 the most passionate prayer, the, in some ways one of the most accurate, best prayers, is just simply whatever is on our hearts. Whatever is on our hearts for that person. If, again, we're praying for somebody who's in crisis, then God, get them out of that crisis. God, stop the cancer. God, heal the marriage. God, do what he did. Whatever. And just pray what's on our hearts. Psalm 62, verse 8 says this. Trust in God at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. And so part of prayer, I think the best of prayer in some ways, is just pouring out what's on our hearts. It's just saying, God, you know how, how much we hate this situation. God, please change this situation. God, I didn't even know what I want to say, but God, just do something for them. And, and, and just, just pour out your heart. Just don't worry about the words. Just pray whatever is there on your heart. And, and, and in some ways, that's, that's <clears throat> excuse me, that's, that's the heart of what I, I, I think we do when we pray for one another. We just bring that person before God. And, and, and again, think about it praying for kids. I mean, you guys are going to be praying for your kids. Grandparents, you need to pray for your grandkids because parents really don't have that much time to pray for their own kids. So as grandparents, we need to be praying for our kids. But just, you know what I mean, we, we pray for them and, and, and we just bring them into God's presence and say, God bless these little ones, take care of them. Even when they're not in trouble, we just want to, to pray for them. We want to bring them into God's presence, bring them and, and just set them before God and say, God, this child is yours. Please bless this one. Now, if you want to say, well, yeah, but shouldn't we be kind of more 
focused? Aren't there some things we should pray for, some things we shouldn't pray for? I want to say that as I've reflected on that this week, I thought, okay, what do I do when I'm praying for someone? Um, What what do I do when I'm praying for someone either at a a wedding or at a a graveside? I mean, what what am I thinking about? And actually, um, five sounds like a lot, but most of you, my guess is that most of you, almost most of you at least, do this naturally without even, you've, you've kind of fallen into these five requests, okay? And, and so you don't have to kind of say, oh, I've got to make sure I check off all five boxes. I had somebody, um, somebody came and did some, some work on the house on, on Friday, and the person says, well, what do you do for a living? said, I'm a pastor. And they said, well, I've got a prayer request. Can I, can I explain it to you? Um, and so I did, and I realized, I hadn't kind of thought, I'm going to do this, but I realized that these were the five things that I prayed for this person in their situation, all right? First thing I prayed was just, God, give them, and this was actually about a friend of theirs, give that person relief, healing, restoration, joy. God, somehow, just, again, that's the kind of that pouring out our hearts. God, just whatever it is, take away the cancer, heal the grief, restore joy, God, you know, bless this marriage. It's kind of the specific thing we're asking for. And, and this isn't necessarily an order, but this is usually the order that it kind of comes in because this is almost always what's first on our hearts. God, just restore that person. Bless that person. God, somehow take away the pain. And, and we just ask God to do that. We ask God what we want done. And, and then the second thing I usually pray, and it kind of flows out of that, is to say, God, give them strength to stay faithful. See, because I, I, I believe that God answers prayers, and we're going to talk about what changes in prayer. But I also believe God doesn't always do it instantaneously. And so what I want to say is, God, change their situation, but in the meantime, give them strength. And even when it gets changed, give them strength. Because, God, I want them to be able to be faithful. I want my kids, I want my grandkids, I want this person in the congregation, I want one of my one another's to be faithful. And so, God, give them strength. God, I want you to heal them. I want you to make things new. But I also want you to give them strength to stay faithful in the meantime. And, and, and so that's usually the second thing. The third thing that I often pray for, and in some ways this is the one that I think is maybe most important. I, let's, but, but I want to say, God, and give them a deepening relationship with you. What I mean oftentimes like that for me, that that becomes is, God, God, help them to hear your voice in this. Help them to know somehow that you're there. God, help this family going through this grief to somehow know that even though they can't feel you or see you, help them to somehow know that you are underneath them, holding them up. God, I want them to just know that. Help them to to know that you will never let them go. Help them to experience that. Help them. I, I believe with all my heart that when we are in God's hands, nothing can take us out of those hands. Nothing can separate us, Romans 8, from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So I want to say, God, take away that pain. God, be with them. And God, deepen your relationship. Help them to trust you more. Help them to, to, to just know that you are faithful even in this time. And, and, and so then, and I've done that with a situation. And, and then I, oftentimes what I do next is, is to say, you know, God, and give them an opportunity to serve you. God, let them be a witness somehow in this. Let them be a declaration of your grace. Now, again, this is not one that I'm kind of saying, God, the danger of this, and there's dangers throughout prayer. It's one of the most dangerous things we do. But one of the dangers here is is that we start to say, okay, this is really good because now you can witness over here. No, I'm not praying that that's what it is. But God, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the tragedy, in the midst of the brokenness, Father, let your name be glorified. 
Father, let people see that, that they're able to hold on to you even in the midst of this. And so, God, give them opportunities to serve you. Let others see you through them. So, again, I'm asking God to say, God, take that away. Give them strength. God, deepen their relationship with you. And, God, if, if there's an opportunity to witness, let them witness. And then, and then the last one, and, and, again, it's the way Jesus ended one of his prayers, and so it's a good idea. But, God, give them what you know is best for them. Your will be done. Luke 22, 42, Jesus is in the garden saying, Father, take this cup away. Father, at the end of the day, your will be done. It's part of the reason we say that is because I don't know what to pray for. I don't know what's best. And so I say, God, this is what I think is best. This is what I want. God, this is what I want so much. But God, your will be done. And, and, and like I said, my guess is that many of you are already doing these things, not in this world, but you have a sense of just kind of saying, God, I take away the pain. God, give them strength to stay faithful. God, God, let them know that you are there. Let them know that you're holding on to them. God, let them, let them glorify your name somehow through this. But God, in the end, we want your will to be done. That's when we think about what we pray for each other. And it doesn't have to be very long. It doesn't have to be very long. I mean, I found myself this week praying a lot more than I usually do. Sorry, not a lot more, because I always pray a lot. But I mean, I, I found, <laughs> that was bad. I found myself, but, but I, I think part of it is it, it, it doesn't take, you don't have to be long. You don't have to say, oh, i got to make sure I check all five boxes. And it really only counts if there's three sentences with each, each of these. No, it's it just, God, bring grace. God, bring somehow strength into that situation. You don't have to do all five. You just, but God, just bring this person before you. And I pour out my heart for them. And I ask you to surround them with your love and with your grace more than anything else. And, and, and so that's, I think, what we do when we pray for them. As I look through Scripture, as I look at what Christians throughout the ages have done, those are the kind of things we pray for when we intercede, when we have intercessory prayer for one another. So then let's ask the next question. And, and this is the, kind of the $10 million question, right, or the $64,000 question. Does anything change when we pray for one another? Does anything actually happen? And the answer from Scripture over and over again is absolutely Yes. Yes, prayer changes things. Now, the question is then, what? What does prayer change? And, and I want to suggest, after being a pastor now for approaching 30 years, what I want to say, the, the correct answer for that is the answer that I have come to after this long of studying Scripture and so on. The answer to the what changes is something. Something. I don't know exactly what changes. It's not the same thing that changes in every situation, but something changes, something happens. There is a mystery here that somehow our prayers matter. And I want to make sure we understand something, a really important distinction here. Prayer is a mystery. It's not magical. Prayer is a mystery, and I don't understand how it works. Because if God is God, it doesn't seem like prayers should affect him, but somehow they do. And, 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 and sometimes it doesn't seem like there are answers, but there always are. And, and, and so I want to say, we've got to hold on to the fact and absolutely say, yes, prayer does something. Prayer changes something. It really does. And if we start to believe that again, we can start to, because again, so often I have that sense of saying, well, all I could do was pray. Well, if prayer actually does something, then it's like, hey, I prayed. 
hey, I prayed. Something happened. Something, somewhere, somehow, something happened. I don't know what. I can't define it. I think we get in trouble when we start to say, well, this happened because of my prayer. I don't think even in hindsight we can always say this happened because of prayer. But I know something is happening. I know something is changing. James himself says that. He says, again, verse 16, he says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person, and, and, and that's not a sinless person, but a person who's in Christ. We are righteous in Christ. But the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You pray in Christ's name. And your prayer is powerful and effective. Something happens. I promise you that. On the basis of God's word, something happens. Okay, great. At least we have something happening. The question is now, can we define it any further? And I want to kind of do that and try to unpack it by something changes in four areas. First of all, I think we have to recognize something changes in us. When I pray for my grandchildren, when I pray for one of you who's struggling, I think something happens in me as I bring that person into God's presence. I think part of what happens is I see their value through God's eyes. I start to see their value through God's eyes, but I also start to see them more and more as being held by God, and I experience peace. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, all right, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. As as we bring somebody to prayer, we experience a a peace. I, I, I think, again, if I picture myself bringing that person and putting them, as it were, on God's lap, putting them in God's presence, then I start to say, God, I've now done the most important thing I can do. And so, God, I, it doesn't mean it's going to be good right now, but I know it's going to be okay in the end because that person is in your hands. And that peace of God, which transcends all understandings, starts to guard your hearts and your minds. So something happens, something changes in us, Second one's mystery, not magic, but mystery. But I think something changes in the people for whom we're praying. I think some, even if they don't know we're praying for them, I think we have to recognize that somehow, by God's Spirit, the, the, I think the New Testament you know, talks about that we're all one body, okay, that we're all connected, that the eye and the knee are connected. And so even if you're not aware of it, but I lift you up in God in prayer, somehow something happens in you Somehow you experience, and I think some of us have felt that in times of of deep need where we've said, I just felt like I was being held. I just felt like I was being lifted up. And I think that when we pray for somebody, then something does happen, that they experience something of that. And and that's why I say it's a mystery to say, hold on, they don't even know about it. But I really do believe it. I think it's part of how we carry each other's burdens. Galatians 6, verse 2. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Praying for one another is helping to carry that burden. And somehow, I think, when we pray for that person, when we genuinely bring them into God's presence, something changes in that person. that they are, their, their load becomes somehow a little bit lighter. And, and they may not feel it. They may not know it. They may not kind of consciously be aware of it. But I really do believe that Scripture makes it clear that, that something changes in the people for whom we are praying. Okay, the third one, and this one we've got to be really, 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 really careful with. But again, I think if we take Scripture seriously, one of the things we've got to recognize is that something changes in God. 
Now, I know I'm not saying we change God's character. I'm not saying we change God's aims and so on. But the Bible, I, I, I don't know. I, know. I know sometimes we get so worried about saying, well, we, 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 God doesn't change. And, and in one sense, that's right. But Scripture shows so many times that God listens to the prayers of his people. Those prayers have an impact on God. And God listens and God cares. And so our theology of protecting the, the, non, the immutability is the big word, but the immutability, the unchangingness of God can sometimes, I think, leave us in, in a sense that our prayer... Now, what, what does it change in God? I don't know. Does it mean God's not going to do what I want? I don't know. That's where, again, we push it too far that way. But the danger of going... We worry so much about going that way that we don't, we don't really... I don't think we really believe that God... I mean, God's not just a robot. God's dealing with people he created in his image that he loves more than you and I do. And our prayers somehow impact. It was just one example, 2 Kings 13, 4. Then Jehoahaz sought the Lord's favor, and the Lord listened to him. And the Lord listened to him, for he saw how severely the king of Arab was oppressing Israel. Something... Again, be really careful. It's a mystery. But something changes in God. When you bring that person into God's presence, God doesn't just ignore it. Something, it impacts God. How, I don't always know, okay? Be careful about saying, this is what it changes in God. We can't say that. But don't fail to say, I mean, God listens to prayers. Don't don't fail to say that God does care. And, and, And our prayers do have an impact on God. And so, yeah, I, I think if we take Scripture seriously, something, and again, I, I, I'm not being at all outside of Christian orthodoxy here, okay? But something does change in God. And then another one, I think that's part of the mystery, is something changes in the situation. I think we have to recognize and dare to believe that when we pray for another, especially when they're going through a difficult time, something changes in the situation. Again, very mysterious. Don't know exactly what. That's why I say something. I want to be as generic as but something does change. Our prayers, our prayers, they, they somehow make a difference. They're not in vain. They, they, they somehow, and they impact the situation, all right? Sometimes they lead God to change the situation, all right? Again, that's what James is talking about in, in 16. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. Sometimes God changes the situation in a, in a miraculous way. And again, he does that somehow connected to our prayers, somehow related to exactly how don't, you don't know and I don't know. But somehow God sometimes brings those things about that related to our prayers, Something changes. Sometimes God changes the situation, and not just in a miraculous way, but by nudging somebody to come forward. It could be that I'm bringing you before God in prayer, and God is saying, guess what, Ron? You're the answer to that prayer. Go, go mow their lawn. Uh, God, it's hot. <laughs> Can I bring them an ice cream cone? Uh, but God changes the situation, and sometimes, sometimes God changes the people in the situation, the person in the situation. And we have to be honest about this. And this is, this is, again, my friends, we have to embrace the mystery of prayer, okay? So often it's it kind of saying, well, God doesn't always answer it, so therefore we're not going to pray with passion. Or sometimes we, we fall into that God does answer prayers, so therefore if he doesn't, it was our fault. 
Scripture says clearly God responds to prayers, but sometimes God doesn't change the situation. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. Remember this one. Paul, Paul says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to, to take it away from me. His thorn in the flesh. Don't know what it was. Again, it was something. But three times I pleaded, Lord, take it away from me. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul's prayer was answered with Paul himself being being given more power, giving more strength. And sometimes when we pray for somebody else, that's what's going to change in the situation is that they're going to experience God's grace in that situation. And, and, and so that's why on the one hand, I, you know, I think it's such a, 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 I feel a little bit like it's a cop-out answer of does, does it change anything? Yes, but I don't know what. Does it change anything? Yes, but I, I don't know exactly what it is. It changes something. It changes something in us. It changes something in the people for whom we are praying. It changes something in God, and it changes something in the situation. Friends, I want us to recognize that prayer. Prayer is action. Again, it's not the only action, James is going to say, but pray for them. But if you've got food, give them food. If they need clothes, give them clothes. It's not one or the other, but prayer is part of what we do. Prayer is action. So I want to invite us to pray for one another. And, and, and to be willing to say, God, I want to pray better, because not because I'm going to see all these great results, just because I know something's going to change. And so pray, knowing that something changed, and knowing that we don't have to worry about what it is, and we don't have to name it, but somehow it mattered. Somehow it mattered. So we want to give you a way to pray. And I'm going to ask Char Carson to come on up here and explain those pieces of paper and those uh, things that were on your seats. And Jackie Hookwater is going to come up as well, and they're going to explain what, uh, what those are about. Thank you. We want to draw your attention to this paper that was on your seat. If you would locate that a minute, wherever you placed it out of your way. And um, we want to invite you to pray for the next two weeks very intentionally for the ministries of our church. We've just heard today that prayer really matters. And as Ron said, we don't know what God's going to do, but we know that we need to be obedient to that and to pray. And so we know that we have a very talented and creative staff here at Hillside. We have talented and committed volunteers. Everything's well organized, and everyone is poised to begin. But just as the gears of a machine need oil to help them work at top efficiency, so too we need prayer to help our ministries work at top efficiency. The Bible tells us in Psalm 127, verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So God is at work bringing about his kingdom here at Hillside. We want you to join us in praying for his guidance and strength and wisdom as this new year of ministry begins. So we ask that you use that paper um, to guide your prayers for this specific ministry on this paper. Um, if you'll take time right now, there are pens in the front of your seats, and write that specific ministry on your bracelet. The ministry is written at the top of that sheet, um, and the middle of it, sorry. 
Then we ask that you wear this bracelet as a reminder to be in continuous prayer for that specific ministry. And we realize that there are many visitors here today for the baptisms, but if you'll too wear this as a reminder of being in prayer for one another. Um, the prayer room is also going to be open during the regular um, church hours. If you want to take time to spend time in there in prayer, there are stations set up to guide you for prayers through this. And as a reminder again, as the gears need a constant supply of oil, our ministries also need a constant supply of prayer. Please keep this paper also in a place that you can be reminded to be praying for this, um, whether it be on your bedside stand or on your mirror or your refrigerator. It's just a great reminder to pray for this ministry throughout the year. Thank you. Thanks, and if you're wearing those around and people said, oh, you were at the intersection last night, just say, sure. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Let's, let's pray. Father. It's an amazing thing to be able to come into your presence. Um, and hey, we don't understand it. I don't understand how you can listen to everybody. I don't understand how you can kind of put all this together. But somehow this works. Somehow this changes things. We don't know what. But Father, we, I, just, I just, again, we bring before you those in this congregation who are facing really difficult times right now. Lord, do something. Bring them grace somehow. And let them know you. And Father, for all of us, Give us strength to be faithful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand.